Welcome to SJL Daily. I'm Lisa Bond, and today our reading is 1 Samuel 8-10, through 10, that period in time when Israel asked for a king. Let's read chapter 8, verses 1-7. through 7. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them. Now, before we indict Israel for their request, let's consider a couple of points. The text tells us very clearly that Samuel's sons were not worthy leaders, and everyone should want that. Leaders who honor the Lord by following his word in every aspect of their lives and teach others to do the same. That's a good thing to want. So we've got bad leaders coming up. Secondly, Their cry for a king was, in a sense, a desire for the security of their nation. Israel lived around people who wanted to destroy them at every turn, particularly the Philistines, who are mentioned in chapter 9. We can see God's mercy here because even though they didn't want him, he understood their desire to have this kind of security, and he was going to provide that. Now, many times we find ourselves in a bad spot like they were, and we try to think our way out of it. But, of course, the way we do that is often to whine before God. Remember when the Israelites were faced with no food or water in the desert? That was a legitimate need, just like national security is here. But how do we usually go about solving legitimate needs? They chose to complain. And here, they looked around them and saw that the other nations had something they didn't have, a king. And don't we do the same thing? We might think, oh, look, he has a better job, or she has a happier marriage, or their health is great, their kids have turned into spiritual leaders. We make these lists in our minds of ways that our lives don't seem to measure up to those around us. And all of those desires can be good ones. But that may not be your reality right now. So how does God want you to live a holy life? How does he want you to flourish right now where you are as you continue to pray and wait on his best for you? So there's a legitimate need, but not a spiritual maturity or contentment behind the request because they wanted to be like the nations around them, not like God. So the first king that God would give them before he gives them the one through whom his son, King Jesus, the perfect, all-powerful, divine king, would be born, would be Saul. Now Saul and his cohorts lived in the Near East, and in those days physical attributes were absolutely essential. There's a description of Ramesses II, whose statue stands in Egypt, and it sounds like Ramesses was a sight to behold. He was depicted as a beautiful youth who was well-developed and was strong of arms, adept at horsemanship, rowing, archery, and his physical prowess was highlighted. Even his mummy gives evidence that he was an exceptionally tall and strongly built man. 
that's what was important. That was the culture of the day, and things haven't changed all that much. So guess what kind of king God allowed Israel to have first? A People magazine kind of king. We know from chapter 9 that Saul was the most handsome man in all of Israel, standing much taller than anyone around. The name Saul actually means asked for or requested. As long as Saul reigned and even into history, they would be reminded that they had rejected God by asking for a king. God does hear us and he does care about our needs. I guess the question is, do our requests line up with his desires for us and for our families? Are we learning to love what he loves or are we focused on comparisons and shallow demands? It's good to know that no matter how far we fall short of God, he never falls short of his faithfulness. Let's thank him for that. Father God, we know that our hearts can be so easily turned away from you and toward what we see around us. It can look so much better than what we have. Help us to learn contentment and to keep our eyes on you daily so that we'll be able to discern your perfect will for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.